Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. Let's go ahead and start it from the top. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music education, band culture, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that when you come in that you hit that like button. I hit the wrong one. That you smash the like button. We want our likes to match our uh, presentation in here. So if you're in here right now, go ahead and hit the like button. It don't take that long to hit that like button. All right. And make sure that you go over to the YouTube channel and you subscribe to the network. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff coming up. Um, some things that I've been working on, man, I've, I've been blessed to have a week off this week. So I've been, a, I've been able to get a lot of work done. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. And so we want to make sure that you subscribe to the network on YouTube. So that way you can be connected to all the things that we have coming up and all of the things that we're going to be uploading. All right. Let's go ahead and get to our first topic. <clears throat> this is going this is going to kind of go in a specific order and you'll see this order uh, as we go. So here we go. Here's the first question. Are we really preparing our music education students? <clears throat> Are we really preparing our music education students? Uh, Quan, let's start with you. Uh, no, uh, just plain and simple. No. Um, and throughout the show, we we spoke about the things that what we deal with as uh, music educators. Uh, you know, being the counselors, being the fathers, being all of those things. I mean, I think we actually try our best, but in my opinion and for what i've seen no no we do not um we have infrastructure issues we spoke about the lack thereof of you know uh introduction of elementary to middle school music middle school band programs um and once you get them they're so far behind because you're starting them in the beginning stages and you're you're striving to give them a quality uh experience but you know a, a quality uh what's the word i'm looking for music education that honestly they're not prepared to truly take uh a theory exam interest exam uh for their freshman year in uh college they're, they're not prepared for that and that's why honestly you see a lot of people in remediation music theory once they enter uh at the college level um I, I, I don't I don't I don't think we are at all. And then honestly, it's a different conversation once you get to the collegiate level. You know, are we really preparing our students once they get there? If you give them a chance, you know, are we really honing down on that barrier exam? That's what we call it at Prairie View. Once you hit your sophomore uh, year, are, like, are, are we really, you know, preparing from a whole whole totality? No, I don't think so at all. Because there's so much that we deal with in between. That honestly, most music educators just want to teach, but we got to deal with so much in between. You can't just really teach. All right. Ooh. Uh, Mario, are we really preparing our music education students? Um, I picked up where kind of where Quan left off a little bit. He was talking about um, 
the preparation for kids when they get to college and what happens after that and dealing with some of the outside negativity that we have to deal with as, as educators that, that makes it very difficult. Um, that's a big point. And that's something that I don't think um, the schools, at least when I was in school, I don't know what they're doing right now. So I can't speak on the last like 10, 15, you know, 10, 12 years of what's been going on, but I will say this be beyond the whole difficulty of dealing with the, the rough situations of inner city teaching or whatever, pedagogy wise, people are not prepared. <laughs> people don't know what to choose with songs that are, uh, we don't, they don't know uh, current composers. They don't know how to do different genres of music. They don't know how to do anything outside of the very um, narrow framework of a few concert band songs, a couple of method books and marching band stuff. And when you, when you think about that, to me, that's a shame because there's a lot of programs that could use the type of personality and character that a lot of us bring to the table at schools that are, um, that look different than us, that we could, that they, the, the, the exchange of cultural information could be so huge. Sometimes you have kids in like, uh, that are maybe uh, Hispanic or from different Hispanic countries or, or they, they may be Caucasian or whatever. And they've never even been around a black authoritative figure in any way. They teachers aren't nobody, you know, you just in some schools, like in my school, I'm the only black male that I'm in Newark, New Jersey, bro. And I'm the only black male that's under 40 in the, like, that's a full-time teacher. The only one. So, and, and that's in the inner city because a lot of black people are not like, uh, especially black male, not black women, definitely, but black males not are, are not in the classroom as much. So no, in the college level, no. And in the high school level, absolutely not. I'm, you know, you guys already, you've heard me talk about my experiences here in New Jersey and how, like today I was having band practice and I'm teaching kids, like I'm doing stuff that I thought I would never, ever, ever do. Like teaching about rope, like just trying to get something from them, anything from them. Like anybody who knows me knows that is like, I couldn't, man, I, I, that was like the bane of my, like any possibility. I, there's no way in the hell I would do that, but I'm getting kids who are coming to me saying they want to learn how to play an instrument. They're in the 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade saying they want to come and learn how to play an instrument. What am I supposed to do with that? I'm going to go through the whole process and teach them all the things. Man, they won't ever learn. So I'm trying to get them something so we can give them some type of artistic experience. Because then you got to ask your questions. Is it about me and my feelings or is it about these kids having somewhat of an artistic, artistic experience that may be musically um, beneficial to them in their whole lives because we have our idea of what things should be. And then they have a no whole new realm of what that is. So no, I don't think people are being prepared properly on uh, secondary uh, levels, kids that are coming up in most inner city schools across the nation, especially in the North, especially in the North. Um, and then I don't think um, the schools when it comes to HBCUs, have been preparing our young uh, men and women to come out and be versatile. So that's my response to that. All right. Maya, are we really preparing our music education students? No. And I think um, you all have done a good job on hitting on it. And we've talked about it in the past. And I'm pretty sure as the episode unfolds, uh, we'll continue to break that down. But no, in terms of curriculum itself, and in terms of current adaptations, ideologies, research history, all of those different things, just in full to make 
um, those persons well-rounded um, and prepared. No, that's my short version of it. Well, all right, I got you. All right. I agree. <laughs> there we go. I got you. <laughs> all right, Rick. Are we really preparing our music music education students? Uh, I'm gonna look at it from a different perspective because Mario and Quan both did an uh, excellent job talking about the you know the secondary level, like you know middle through high school. I'll, I'll give you guys that the secondary level is just not there, but. And I had a conversation with a with a college student uh, this week, man, and it broke my heart, man. I ain't, I'm, I'm not even gonna sit up here and act like it didn't. Uh, had a chance to talk to this young brother. He goes to an HBCU. Uh, actually, it was a couple of them, like two or three of the uh, guys I got a chance to talk to. They go to an HBCU. I'm not gonna name the HBCU they go to, um, but. Um, just had a very interesting conversation, man, because these young brothers, I wanted to get their perspective of their experience in college. Because Julian and Mario, y'all, we, we have had extensive, extensive conversations about how we weren't prepared to compete when we got out of school. And Mario did touch on it, and I agree on one part is there was a lot of lazy people around us, and I think we could have fallen in that too. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the times where we weren't given 100% as we should have. But um, we all gigged. We all did things outside of band that really helped us move our careers to the next level. So I was talking to these young brothers, and um, one of them was a senior. The other two were underclassmen. So I was like, um, or uh, yeah, underclassmen, yeah. So I was like, uh, what do you guys, um, how do you feel about your experience? Like, what are you guys learning? And he was like, one of the young brothers, man, this is a true story, was like, man, I haven't had a lesson all year, all year. I am a college student paying for a college credit, paying to be in a class, and I haven't had a teacher all year. And not only had they not had a, um, a teacher all year, they are actually like registered for this course. Like they're paying the school to be in this course. And then also they um they had like a, a lesson at the beginning of the year and then from there there was none and so i'm sitting there like so how are y'all getting better he's like we're not the key to a well-rounded music program at a university level depends on your private lesson studio if you have a garbage private lesson studio your band will not get better you just can't your students don't learn how to play with good timbre and rehearsal rehearsal is for rehearsal and I think that's a concept that's foreign at some HBCUs. Rehearsal is to rehear what you practice. <laughs> exactly. Right. Take your practicing and organize it. <laughs> right. So it was like, that was the first heartbreaking thing. So I was like, you know what, man, let me do my part as a, you know, as a big brother of these guys. I was like, fellas, I just want to ask y'all a couple of questions just to see, you know, what you know, man. Like the questions I'll ask you are like, you know, secondary you know, level things. So I was like, uh, let's just talk about score order, you know? So we went down. I was like, what uh, what key is the flute in? They were able to say C. I was like, cool. All right. Um, so we skipped oboe, uh, went down to, uh, and bassoon went down to uh, clarinet. And I was like, um, just name the clarinets from top to bottom. 
And these are second, third, fourth year music majors could not do that. That simple, bro. Just looking at the score and knowing what's on the left-hand side of the page. Could not do it. Had on, I had no idea who Percy Granger was. No idea whatsoever. I just asked a simple question. Who's Percy Granger? I don't know. Some dude. <laughs> that dude that had something to do with Win Ensemble. He was, I was like, you talking about Frederick Fennell? <laughs> like that, this is how this conversation was going. So I say all that, y'all. Yeah. That's a school thing. That's not a student thing. If your university is okay with that and having music majors that graduate with that knowledge level and that, uh, and you are giving them that type of education, then A, these students need to take more ownership of, of, of their education. If you ain't giving what you need to, you need to go snitch. You need to tell on everybody. Go to your student council, go to your student government, all that. Hey, I'm not learning. Because at the end of the day, all that's going to do is make you a crappy band director. You're going to go and you probably get a middle or high school somewhere and they're going to be terrible and they're not going to be prepared like Quan and Mario was saying. You know, these people have come from, from crappy band directors who came from these crappy schools. And then you'll get situations like uh, all everybody on the call, man, where it's like you want to do better for a program, but it's so ingrained you can't, you can't improve. You have a crappy middle school or you don't have a feeder program at all, like what Julian was dealing with. You know what I'm saying? And and you got to try to put a band together with that. Like it's a it's a it's a each level uh, issue. But I think it starts at the college level and I think it trickles down to everything else. And I think HBCUs are particularly guilty of doing you know having this environment at their schools because i can tell you right now uconn if i go to school and i don't teach i won't be in uconn for very long and trust me my students will tell <laughs> so yeah but but that's the dangerous like that's that's the cycle of of what we you know are saying and what we come what we honestly speak weekly to come together for that's the unfortunate cycle because if the HBCU or the collegiate level, let me not say H all HBCUs, but if the collegiate level is the manufacturer and they're pushing out this product, then, and you go back to these elementary and middle, it's just repeating the same cycle. So these kids honestly think, and it's unfortunately, these kids think that what they're learning is what they're supposed to learn until you are placed into a situation where you'd be like, damn, like one of the worst feelings in the world is to be placed in a situation and you'd be like, damn, I really don't know this. Now, either two things are gonna happen. Either you're gonna man, you know, man or woman up, or you're gonna be like, well, I'm gonna do what what's the bare minimum, or I'm gonna do what I know. Well, you really don't know nothing. But the, you know? the issue with that though, Quan, is that the universe usually works itself out, bro. Like this is no disrespect to anybody that graduated from these institutions. When was the last time you had a, a band director that said, man, I graduated from Johnson C. Smith. Well, I graduated and, and I and I know the band director at Johnson C. Smith, and he is a hell of a musician. You know, like Rob Robin and I went to school together. He is a hell of a musician. So I think it has a way of of you know, it's part of that is that's a small school. Well, what about Mississippi Valley? Man, I went to Mississippi Valley and I'm a band director. You don't hear that. Usually you hear, I went to um, Prairie View or I went to Southern or I went to FAMU, majority of FAMU, majority of the great 
uh, African-American band directors that I know went or leaders in music went to FAMU or, or Southern back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think culture is a big part of that. And I think the problem is quite, you know, I, with this show, we always like to try and now to- Norfolk, sir. Oh, I know right with us, right? You know what I'm saying? But like, I think the solution, Kwan, because that's what we do with this show. We try to find solutions. We ain't out here to just talk trash like some of these other garbage shows that's out here. But um, the only solution, Kwan, in my opinion, is a turnover in these programs of the of the top director and fulfilling that position with somebody with some common sense. And, and I'm oh, sorry, and, yeah. and but you but you also have to have something in you, like. I, I, I like I was and, and I'm saying this from personal experience as a percussionist. That's why I remember when when we first met in person uh, at TMEA and I was like, yeah, bro, uh, I'm, I'm a percussionist. He was like, for real? I thought you play a baritone. And I was like, because I'm always asking questions about wind instruments, because that's my weakest at that time. That was my weakest point. So you also have as a director, once you place in those situations, you have to have some type of fortitude to be like, you know what? Even though my experience was like this, I refuse to, to you know, repeat this generational curse of bad teaching to the next level. And you have to have a sense of humility. I don't care what school you go to. You know, you have to have a sense of humility to be like, bro, I don't, I don't know all this. But, you know, I know Rick, he plays trumpet. I know Julian, they play brass. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if it's a dance question, I'm going to call my, I'm not, I'm not about to. You, you gotta you gotta use your network, but a lot of people are so arrogant to where they're just gonna keep going with the status quo instead of asking. But you've already answered the question too, bro. It's called being a lifelong learner. How many people are actually researching what's going on in the field of music on a regular basis to try to make themselves better? That ain't happening at these schools. Mario touched on it last show. One of the worst things that I see, man, is these middle school marching bands. Kids can't even form a damn armature, and they out there blowing as loud as they can out of tune with no instruction that is a director who has who has settled i'm okay being at podunk high school making you know whatever amount of money a year and in most cases it's good money because let's be real these public schools pay better than these universities all right because when i was at prairie view one of the biggest frustrations i had of knowing that my job was to educate these students and they would go out and as beginning year students they would make more money than i did you know what i'm saying so that's a part of it too and that's probably part of the frustration too is that we're overworked for low pay these hbcus aren't paying nothing unless you're a director of bands the administration making buku bucks and all they do is make your life harder so i think there's a lot of facets of it but i think the biggest part of to answer the question julian what you asked is that it's two part it's we have to be able to support these universities in a way where these teachers have to continue to stay, you know, focused on getting better. That's why, you know, being a tenured professor is important. You have to do research. You have to be doing things to make yourself better. But I think on the other hand, you have to have a visionary, like we said last time, you have to have a visionary in place that is a great musician and wants best, better musicians in his band. And if you don't have that, your band's going to suck. All right, man. I saw... Smith, I, I muted myself in the middle of me talking. Anyway, uh, quick, quick game of duck hunt. You had to get yeah, quick man. game in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
but uh but no nah, man it's some some really good responses man uh so what we're gonna do is we just gonna keep it moving uh because this next one goes right into what we just talked about so uh if you just came in welcome everybody to talk that talk where we have the unfiltered unscripted uncomfortable conversation about music music education band culture hbcu band culture and more please make sure that you subscribe to the network uh you go ahead and go over to the youtube page and subscribe to the network we got a lot of stuff coming in uh or coming out and so we want to make sure that you are always involved and then as you come in please make sure you smash that like button we got a couple of people watching on youtube and we got a couple of people watching on facebook so let's just make sure that when you come in you go ahead and hit that like button it doesn't take long to hit that like button let's get these likes up and let's continue to show that you are in heavy heavy support all right so here we go here is the next question that goes directly into what we were just talking about when will we accept that students aren't the same when will we accept that students aren't the same saw some people looking at that real quick in what context i knew that was coming so let me let me go ahead and 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 just kind of break it down for you so when i thought about this question when i thought about the first question because i knew well first of all we we, we spend a lot of time and we talk about the educator right and, and rightfully so you know but i think that there are a lot of things that we we miss because we never actually put a lot of the onus on the the student Stu especially at the secondary level right students are different we try to hold a lot of we try to hold a lot of our ideals to old ideals that we ourselves were brought into, right? But the way that we approach students now can be slightly different because they are different. But what happens is a, a lot of times we always say, well, the educator needs to change. And we never talk about, or ne we never generally have the conversation about the student and how Yes, students in the in the past, you know, we they all had their hangups, but kids now are different. So that's the question. When will we accept that students aren't the same? I'll jump in. <clears throat> um, education is not about having people do stuff the way you want them to do it. That's not what education is about. Education is about providing information, meeting people where they are, and finding the avenue that works best for the environment that you teach. Some groups will learn and some groups will not. That choice will be up to groups, uh, up to those specific students. And that happens in waves. So teaching on the uh, teaching in, in, in public school, I'll have four years where I have great, you know, in participation. Kids are, you know, highly involved. And then I'll have another four years where it's not that. Um, and so the reality is that um, we you come in. I think that's this is with relationships with people, anything. We come into things with expectations. And when you come into someone with an expectation, you have this ideal that somebody is supposed to meet your expectation. And you're asking a child that is growing up in a world that we don't even like the world itself is is a like is a mess on a lot of levels. The, the superficiality of things, the uh, vanity of things. The, uh, the inability to like have regular conversations and not just kids, adults. So if, if, if our adults are doing this and our adults are raising them and the, I don't think, I don't look at this as a necessarily as a kid problem. I look at this as a people problem and I look at this as a parenting 
um, concern uh, when it comes to I know some of the things you're mentioning is like the stick to itness, right? Kids not sticking to something. They find an area where they, they struggle with something, the ability to persevere through that, that struggle. Well, that's what, what was encouraged when we were in school to persevere through things and fight through something. And in this generation, they say, I literally have had students tell me they don't want to do band because they would rather do something that was easier for them. And so in my mind was like, um, that's if I automatically go to my old school thinking that's weak. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, for them, it's like, um, that's just not smart. What you did, you were working real hard to do something that wasn't for you. And in my mind, I'll say, well, how do you know it's not for you? If you don't put the time into it, you got to put the time into it to find out if something's for you or not. So there is a, um, this dynamic of the old school, sorry, that's my daughter in back. This old school mindset of wanting to kind of have people, uh, have these children meet us in a place that's kind of comfortable and convenient for us to teach them. And most times they're not, they're not. And it's only going to get more difficult because of that, that, that wide gap, the same way we're asking kids to change. That's the same issue that we're having at the director of bands level for some of these schools that we're talking about. The same concerns that you're having on the upper education saying that, okay, a director of bands, a director of band is allowing this to happen. And they, they, it's because they want you to learn the way they learned. And because we're not learning the way they learned, they have a hard time teaching it. They have a hard time adjusting because they want to teach you the same pieces they played. They want to teach you the same methods that they did. They want to give you what they got and not evolve the process. And the, uh, the evolution of the process needs to happen with, Middle school directors, elementary directors, high school directors, we need to be on the place of how do we find out how to cater to the new student with incorporating some of our uh, the old school things that may be good for us, but also meeting them where they are and trying to bring up the level so that these college programs can be more successful. Because ultimately, if we don't, we lose our craft. You, you either adapt or get moved past. It's not it's not an option. That's how everything is. So that's kind of my like my two cents on on. Except in the students thing. I mean, it's tough for me because, you know, I've had this conversation with you, Julian, personally. It's frustrating, bro. And like, I, I mean, I have had some majorly difficult moments where I'm just like, I'm doing everything I think I can do to try to encourage students to participate, to do this and any other. But the reality is. The hard question is, have you made it fun for them? Like, really, have you made it fun for them? They don't want to do stuff. They don't feel like it's fun. And when when fun is accessible to their fingertips. That's hard to say, don't be like this. Don't care about this. You know, that's just the world we're in. And you either adapt to it or get left behind. And so we have to find a happy median. And I don't think we have it yet. All right. Uh, Maya, when will we accept that students aren't the same? Um, okay. I think that we have accepted it. I just think that those persons who are in place more times than not, have not adapted to that calling, have not adapted to what's going on. Just like you said, you we have to be able to meet people where they are. We have to be able to meet students where they are. There's a lot more of them than there are of us. Um, and as Mario said, it will continue to, bo to, to, to bottom out. It just, it simply is that if you can go outside of your door, if you can order something today and have it the same thing on your doorstep at the end of the day, those companies, those age old companies had to adapt to what's trending today. You can buy a car from your living room. You could never be able to do that. Right. But they have to keep up with the time. So I think that that same thing um, goes with just like we were saying earlier, being a lifelong learner. 
the moment that I am unable to be versatile, to be able to adapt to the new environment, to be able to understand the the um, audience in which I'm performing or, or, or treating, it's the day that I need to hang up my career because there's no more of a two-way benefit. And if I cannot be able to establish a relationship or be able to get you on board with what I'm doing by connecting with you, we're just both wasting our time because everything is going to go in one ear and out the other, one ear and out the other. So until I'm able to say, okay, well, if technology is what speaks to you, I have to figure out how to make that connection through technology or make it through whatever the case may be. And then once I have your attention, then let's pull in some of those um, historical ways of learning. Let's pull in some of that, that, that fury and that fire. Let's pull in some of, you know, and start to press those things that we were brought up on once we have their attention. But again, I think that we are cognizant of it, but just like, so I'll give an example. I'd rather have a dancer with a good heart and bad feet than somebody who has no willingness and good feet. You know what I'm saying? So I can change that. I can manipulate the situation. I can help you learn, but you have to be able to want to as well. And only want is by that appeal, that rapport, that relationship building. So in so many words, that's how I feel about it. All right, Rick, when will we accept that students aren't the same? Uh, I will never accept that. And I won't accept it because the world is not the same. We all evolve. If you and I and everybody on this call, Maya might have done this because she, you know, she a baby. But um, if we would have had cell phones in 1997 and 98, we would have been looking at booty talk on the phone. We'd have been looking at everything else while we in school, while the teacher, up there, <laughs> the teacher up there teaching. Like we would have been nonstop duck hunting. <laughs> I hate when teachers get so holier than thou. We are so much better than these young people. No, you are not. You had to, you were a horn dog when you were teenagers, just like these little boys trying to sniff everything out here. I remember, man, when I was when I taught middle school, man, I'm like, they thought I was the oldest person in the world. And I was in my 20s when I taught middle school. Mr. Brown, you old man, you just don't understand. Uh, I was I was your age less than 10 years ago. The world ain't changed that much, young fellow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think it's a combination that these kids don't really understand that we used to be kids at one time, and also as adults, especially when we get that piece of paper that has our name on it saying we're the master of something or the or the bachelor of something, then it it gives people instantly this big head, like you know. I was so much better than these people that I'm teaching. You were not. You practiced just as little as they did. You had the same life experiences as they did. The only difference is you're older and you were able to figure it out as you got older. So that's the first part of that question. Uh, I, 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 I will say I practice a lot more than these kids do, but go ahead. That's the only thing I'm going to disagree with. I practice a lot. I mean, I, did, I practiced a lot too, but I know some kids now that practice like that, man. I, I think we it's easy to look at certain situations and assume that that's everybody. It's not everybody. There are a lot of great musicians out here. There are just a lot of bad circumstances as well where you have a student, man, I'm sorry. I can't be mad at a student that's hungry, hasn't eaten in three days to come in and say, I don't care about learning about Beethoven. You know what I'm saying? Why aren't we teaching these kids? Why is So why know, are they even learning about Beethoven, first of all? <laughs> I mean, I think it's important to learn about who Beethoven was, but I don't think that should be the basis of our music 
education as it is. Most of our students, and I say this all the time in faculty meetings, even now, most of the students that go to any college, not just HBCUs, any college, are not going to be orchestral players. They're going to be playing in church bands. They're going to be playing in jazz band, R&B groups, folk ensembles, anything else other than sitting in the orchestra with a tuxedo on being this type of person, trumpet player that plays three measures in a whole piece of music. Most of our players are not going to be that. So I think that the music curriculum at every university should be reflective of what these students want to do when they get out of college. Here we go talking about every level again, man. Like, I think yeah, I, I, I think, was going to ask, do you feel that same way about the secondary level as well? Yes, yes, I do. Because ultimately, I knew I wanted to play trumpet by like my teen, my 10th grade year for a living. I was like, you know, I was I always tell this in my bio, man. I was good at two things. I was a, I was a wrestler in high school. I was good at that. And I was a, a music, you know, I was really in the band. And I was like, shoot, I don't want to be in the WWE. I ain't going to be sexual chocolate, too. So I was like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sexual chocolate Rick Brown. I ain't doing that. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to make this trumpet. Uh, You'd have been cool. chocolate rain. Right. <laughs> right. Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, it's like. I made the decision, and from there, I made all district, I made all state, I made Virginia Honor Band, and I was in government school because I knew that that was the way to get there. So, y'all already know, Julian get mad at me all the time. I will never sit up there and blame something on the student. I think Maya hit it right on the head. Um, but on here's the last part, and it's going to be shocking, y'all. You know, this ain't going to sound like me, but I really do feel this way. We need to stop babying our kids. As teachers, Maya, you went to the best high school in the country. At least at the time you were there, it was the best high school in the whole country. But News USA News ranked your high school the best high school in the whole country. I guarantee you when you went to calculus or physics or whatever classes you took, all those AP classes you took, the professor wasn't up there with his hat turned backwards, rapping like fucking Biggie Smalls in class. Trying to get you to get interested. Right. Yeah. But, but that's what we do to our kids all the time. We got a baby our kids. Oh, yeah, boy, I got to rap like no laws X. Here we go. Let me coon up here. And then the next thing you know, our students think that that's the only way to learn. Hey, I'm sorry, young people. Life is hard. College is hard. You know, like it's going to be it should be demanding because you're by going to these institutions and saying, I want to be a music educator. It is assumed that if you went to college and graduated, that the degree was rigorous enough that you can do the job. But it's like Julia said, it ties into the last question. If you went to a, sh a shitty school. You know, sorry, if I'm a great musician, I'm not going to certain schools. I ain't gonna bash nobody's school tonight. <laughs> I know what's going on. I ain't gonna do it, but I, I, I think we need to, as black people, understand that that's not the only way to teach our students. All right, very true. Man, I'm not about to get up there. I'm not doing that. I know Miss Sanders. They want to be entertained, not taught. Um, let me tell you about that lady that just commented. Miss Sanders was not about to be up there in jazz band if we came in there sounding like some mess saying, well, it's all right, y'all. And she get up there and hit a Queen Latifah rap. You win ITY, you can do it. You can ITY, you can do it. She was not about to do that. Miss Sanders look you right in your eye, tell you a few choice words, and I guarantee you, you wouldn't have showed up to jazz band in the next rehearsal sounding like that. Why? Because that woman has standards. And if you don't meet those standards, you will you will hear about it. 
And to this day, she's one of the best teachers I've ever had in my life. She's a hell of a musician, and I love that lady. So all I say is this. Stop treating our kids the same way that we would we don't treat other schools. I have yet to see a school in the suburbs saying I need to use hip hop to reach my students. No, you don't. You need to use quality instruction and setting standards that your students either live up to or like. Mario, you said it best, bro. You either live up to it or you're not. Oh, you don't. Some students, y'all, are not meant to go to college. Some of these students that's sitting next to you in your win ensemble shouldn't be there. Right. Sorry. You know, they just shouldn't. They don't have the talent. Right. But as HBCU uh, graduates and, and people that love HBCUs, we always want to see black people go to college. And that's great. But it ain't for everybody. We got to have plumbers. We got to have electricians. We got to have all these other fields that people look down on now, but they actually make more money than we do. Yeah, they make more money than some of the teachers. You know what I'm saying? So. I think this is a huge conversation, but I think that it's it's multifaceted. I think we need to stop babying our students. But on the other hand, no, these kids are no different than we are. I'm sure Miss Sanders got on here. She said I, that we were all the same way when we were in school. Right. Right. So, right. yeah, bro. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to say that these students aren't the same. These students have more re, uh, access to these things than we do in other technological advances, but that's the whole world. So, yeah. So, so, I think I guess I'm last, Julian. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, um, I got you, but you got me. no. So it's like I had wrote, wrote a thought down, uh, and you, you know, tapped on it, Rick. Uh, my question was: Are kids different, or are standards different? Yeah. Now I must I must say this though: due to the big push for social and emotional in school systems, yeah. honestly, that's why the culture has changed of in regards to baby fighting. I disagree, Kwan, but go ahead, bro. I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. So, 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 no, no, go ahead, Chief. What you about to say? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to ask some. I'm going to let you finish your comment. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, and so from my perspective and, and what many of the things that we're taught, it's kind of like you always trying to dig deep to what's the source of the problem and why are you acting and why are you behaving like this? Like, honestly, to alter behavior and, and to make sure that bad behavior doesn't take place in your class you have to deal with all of that stuff before you even could just teach a quarter note so that's 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 one point so i mean i agree that that kids in my opinion kids are smarter and they know how to play the game in my opinion from from what i've seen and so since i got my bow tie on i gotta say this by any means necessary my question is but also for your kids, do they feel ownership of that band program or they feel like you're the dictator? Like, no, no lie. When I first started teaching a uh, band, I was like, hey, even though you might have been in middle school and we're doing concert stuff, I need you all to lock up like those terms. Lock up. Keep still. Do this. Like and then I realized I wasn't getting anywhere. But when I started giving them ownership and then talking to them like human beings and setting the standard, the kids will fuss at each other and be like, hey, lock up, bro. Like, stop, stop. They had this mindset of, OK, this is the time to play and this is uh, uh, time to be serious. Um, so they have to feel a sense of ownership when it comes to those certain standards. I used to tell them, like, hey, what songs would y'all like to play? Okay, these are the songs y'all want to play. Before we play them songs, or if we play that one song, I need y'all to play these three standards. And so they would be working towards something the entire time, but they felt like, hey, this is our band. To where, honestly, we made it a family to where 
kids will walk in the bank hall and they'll be like, hey, they would check that person at the door before I even had to. I, I think kids, uh, they are the same, but honestly, the approach has to be different. I that, that's that's my opinion. Uh, and uh, last thing, Mario, you say something about we want these kids to uh, be in the same manner that we were so that we can basically teach in a comfortable manner. I think that was a, a, a valid point, because sometimes we do. We do want that kid to sit down and be quiet and clap this quarter note like I did and make it. But he may be suffering from ADHD. So I got to approach him completely different than uh, another student or, or even, you know, myself. But I do agree with you, Rick. We were horn balls and we were tripping in class. And uh, I come up in that time frame when we had the first next tales and we was doing stupidness. So I, I agree. But my, my thing is at the uh, end of the day, we still have to set that standard. But to a degree, our approach has to be tweaked pending that culture or that situation that we're in. Yeah, man. I, I just wanted to add one thing to you, Quan. Um, if I agree with a lot what you just, just said, too, because we're coming from, like, the public school realm. Teaching kids in the schools, you get to see it from a different level. So the college directors, they're getting the after results of the things that we deal with on our level. Um, something that I saw Ms. Sanders post in, in the chat right there was about the kids. I had never, ever seen a kid suffer from an anxiety attack. I had never seen that in person until I started teaching in Newark. I had never seen kids have like they need a mental health day. Like I used to in my mind. Not, don't, and this is something that we talked about the other like last show about there's a difference between um, accepting difference on the outside and accepting difference on the inside. You know, what I mean, like we were talking about the dancer and the male dancer thing and like being you can say something, but there's a difference between like truly in your heart, and your mind saying this person's different. And I want to try to understand where they're coming from. I just had a really hard time and I still struggle with it. I won't lie. I won't lie because I'm just like, um, you talk like all these kids talk like cash shit too, though. They also talk like cash shit and then be soft as marshmallows when it comes to dealing with adversity. Any little piece of pushback is like, a breakdown. And I'm like, I, I'm having a hard time how to, I'm, I'm like trying to find a way to balance it better. But this was my last comment, actually. Um, what are the biggest differences? The biggest difference, we talked about cell phones, technology, the bigger difference. And I think that makes even more of a difference in everything we're saying is continuity of music education. How many programs where you don't even have music after I have kids that are in ninth grade and they had music last time in kindergarten or fourth grade or something like that. They haven't had it in five years. That's not, when I grew up, music was every single year, every year. And most of the people I was I, I went to college with, they had music every single year. Now, a lot of these kids don't have it. They don't have the opportunities to even train like that. So sometimes things have to become ingrained in them for them, like Maya was talking about, for them to want to do something. I can't make somebody want to do something. But if they have a culture of it that they've been raised in, it becomes part of their natural tendency to go towards working through the adversity to get to a goal because they care about the goal. And like Quan said, they take ownership of what that is because they feel a part of their school program because it's something that they care about and they're connected to. So that's the reason why the continuity of education becomes just as imperative as anything else we just mentioned, because you need to keep a kid 
that starts on the, a, a clarinet in third grade, keep that kid playing all the way through the time they finish high school so that you can get some continuity and build them in a culture where it's middle school and then seeing that middle school band director talk to the high school director and knowing that there's a connection, keeping them connected. That changes a lot, man. And But that goes back to our previous conversation about infrastructure. Right, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Like, that's, that's that revolving door again. Right. You got to, you got to, you got to like do magic tricks to build programs nowadays. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because I mean, even for this area that I, that I teach right, myself. Final thought right quick. Final thought. Go ahead. No, I'm saying that's, that's. No, no I, I was just saying like, honestly, like many, many times we think these terms of magnet schools is, is beneficial. But sometimes it hurt that home public school that's in the area because now kids, you hear magnet, you want to go to these different areas and the continuity. So those good kids go to those other areas. But that's a whole different topic, too. Yep. All right. Man, y'all y'all went in on that one. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see how you do on this next one. But before we get to that, if you're just call, uh, walking in, coming in, clicking in, welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music education, band culture, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that when you come in, you smash that like button. Go ahead and hit that like button. We want to get these likes up. All right. We want the number of likes to match the number of people who are viewing us right now. Whether you like the content or whether you don't like the content, it don't take long, don't take long to go ahead and hit that like button. All right. Also, please make sure that if you have time or if you take time, go over to the YouTube channel. We're also live on YouTube. If you're watching us on Facebook, we're live on YouTube as well. But go over to the YouTube channel and go ahead and subscribe to the network. We have a lot of things coming up, and I want to make sure that everybody is involved as much as possible. So go ahead and go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the network. All right? Here we go. Here's our next topic. So I'm 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 keeping this in order. I'm doing this for a specific reason. So here's the next topic. Are the parents to blame? So why don't we? Are the parents to blame? So why don't we? Um, <laughs> uh, Maya. Jordan said yes in the comments. <laughs> yes. My over there getting ready to go out. I <laughs> no. Uh seeing as how I'm not a parent, I think it's only best that I let the parents in the room speak first. Well, let me go, goddammit. Okay, go <laughs> So yes, I'm gonna tell you why. Because some of the parents are the biggest influences of a mom. I've seen both sides, the best of both worlds. I've seen students that are that are lazy and I've spoken to those students, those parents. And in front of me, they've scolded that child and said, you need to support him. He's he's here working late hours. You need to practice when you come to rehearsal. You rehearse kind of like we just said. But at home, you practice. He's giving you all the material. He's giving you the books. You need to practice. Right. Positive thing. But I've also seen a student that had a great talent for it, had the heart for it. But due to the circumstances at home, they have to babysit. So that's one situation. Or their parents look at band or music as an inconvenience to them in their life. So they just remove the child completely. 
Like, and also I've seen it where the parent was like, well, Mr. Mitchell, they only listen to you and they don't listen to me at home, which that's a whole nother issue. So because of that, I'm going to take them out what they like doing. Like, so when you think about all of that and we talked about continuity of your band program, the parents is to blame. And honestly, many of the parents, unfortunately, and I don't mean this in a derogatory manner, but they're merely ignorant to, to the to the great, you know, positive things that band and music can do for you. Many of these, I've seen these parents support and go to football games, little league games, and do all this. Go to basketball games. Your child is four foot seven and the and the super trash. Yeah, bro. It's like, bro, he's super third. On the bench, bro. He all the way at like he he gets water. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you'll go to that, but you won't sit through a concert because I don't want to hear that noise. I literally had a parent <laughs> at a previous school that was like, Hey, I work, I don't want to hear that. And the child literally, I had to literally make a deal with the parent that if I arrive to school early, will you drop them off early so that they can practice? So, in my opinion, the parents are to are to blame are to blame positive or negative. I mean, we could set the standards, we can have the vision, we can do all of that. But in their house, remember they're sovereign. So, because they're sovereign, whatever they say, go. And if they don't want their kid in band, there's nothing that you can absolutely do about it. At the end of the day. All right, Rick, are the parents to blame? So why don't we? Well, so, so why don't we implies that I agree that the parent, parents are to blame? Yeah, I know. Right. Um, you know, I always got to be the antithesis to everything we talk about. Absolutely. Um, I think it's situational because for some reason, everything we, we talk about in most cases implies bad bands. There are a lot of great band programs in this country, y'all with great band parent foundations that are supporting these bands at a high rate. Avon High School is not a wealthy community, but those parents are, parents are absolutely involved, or it's not the wealthiest community. They're a little more affluent. But you better believe those kids are actively involved in the program. Why? Because there's a structure in place, A, where everybody at the school takes a, a one of the arts. You'd have to be a choir, band, or sub, or orchestra. So at, at one point, so everybody's being exposed to it. And then from there, they can make the decision of what they want to pursue. I think we sometimes overvalue band. The fact of the matter is very few people are going to be able to do what we do. Majority of these people are going to get their families out of their situation by being engineers. We need more STEM than we need trumpet players. I'm sorry. And I'm saying that as a band director. We need more black people that are actively involved in improving our community through science, technology, <laughs> engineering, math. We need that more than we need a kid that can play a double G. Sorry. I, and I think, I, go ahead, I bro. Have a question for you, Rick, though. Yeah. But do, I agree with you, but do you feel that STEM should override fine arts? Because sometimes that's the problem where they remove fine arts and they just implement STEM. So say you're let I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flip I want to you answer your question with a question Quan. Say you weren't a musician. Say you're a plumber for a living. You know, we talked about that earlier. Say you're a plumber plumber for a living. And you um you've never taken music. You don't understand 
you know, what it takes to be a great musician. Then for you as a plumber, you say, I just want my kid to be successful. I think sometimes it's, it's very easy for us to forget that these most parents want what's best for their kid. You know what I'm saying? And I think that those things are absolutely what should take precedence. But I think, like Miss Sanders said, to have a well-rounded education, you must have the arts. Most business deals are done on the golf course. They aren't done in the boardroom. And being able to, oh, man, man, you heard Tchaikovsky, whatever, you know, that new Ch or that that uh, new John Mackey or whatever you want. Right, that new Tchaikovsky. That, that new Tchaikovsky. Oh, <laughs> Right, I failed it in a piano bit somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, like whatever, man. Like being able to have those well-rounded conversations, saying not only do I know a lot about this thing, this that, this thing, but I can also have an educated discussion about Beethoven's Fifth and how in the third, a fourth movement, there's a part like a minute and a half in that sound like it was pulled straight from a John Williams movie, you know, score like how forward thinking that Beethoven uh, piece was, you know, like simple things like that. So I think, I think it's important Quan, to answer your question that this, I don't think it's more important. I think they are equally important, but I think that as, as educators is sometimes we can only see it from our point of view. And I, the only reason I'm saying this is because I did, I studied school leadership for a couple of years. I thought I wanted to be a principal. So I got a lot of classes and stuff in for that. But the last thing I'll say is this. At the end of the day, it ain't about what we want for these kids. It's about what they want for themselves. Our job is to support them and make them the most well-rounded people that they can be. That's the reason why they make you uh, take uh, humanities and stuff like that when you go to college. Yeah, I may want to be a nurse or I may want to be, you know, a buyer like Maya. You know, I may want to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, I... I want professors that are going to put me in the best situation to be successful, you know, not try to impose on me what they want. So as far as the parents, I think we, I think most parents want what's best for their kids. Obviously you have some crappy parents out here, just sorry individuals. Uh, but I think it's situational in some cases. Yes. In some cases, no. I got a, um, I got a question for you, Rick, but I'm going to wait until we get to everybody. All right. Uh, Chief, are the parents to blame? So why don't we? Um, so I do feel like parents are to blame for not teaching their kids the ability to um, see things through. I think seeing it through is a very important skill set. I don't care what you are majoring in or what your career is going to be. One of the things with band is that and I said this to my students the other day. I said, um, all of the other subjects have changed, but music, you can find an easier way to make, to answer math problems. You can find an easier way to, to find solutions for scientific equations. There is one way to become better on an instrument is to spend the time with your instrument and build a relationship. And we're talking about a very old school um, practice in a very new school uh, culture where there is no systematic culture that has supported this over time. So if you want to have um, success in this space, you have to, everybody has to be educated because there's programs where you'll say um, they believe a good band program is having a marching band out, out there just playing as loud as they can or have a drum, have a drum line and dancers. And that's the music program is great in their mind because that's all they know. 
You know what I mean? And so it it, it it's a it's a multifaceted answer, to be honest. But a lot of this stuff starts at home with parents. Like if you are um, for me as a parent, um, my son is going to start guitar lessons. Um, I had to get chopped to myself because I haven't got him start with them, them lessons yet. But I'm getting him. He wanted to play trumpet and I was working with that. I can do the trumpet lessons all day, but the guitar, I'm super trash on guitar. So I'm trying to get him set up with some some uh, some lessons on guitar from a friend of mine. And um, I know how important it is, but I also don't force it down, you know, his throat to say you got to play. But I do tell him he started um, soccer. He's got to see it through. He wants to play. He's in karate right now. He want to quit. You're not quitting until you get to this black belt. You you can stop it after that. And after that, you ain't going to want to anyway because, you you know, what I mean, you made it to the top. So you we're not allowing that in this house. That's my home, though. And I know a lot of kids that I teach don't have these structures. Their parents let them stop doing stuff whenever they feel like it because it inconveniences them. They don't feel like having to worry about certain things. That's what tablets and cell phones have done. I'm guilty of it myself as a parent. People giving their kids cell phones and tablets because they don't want to deal with them for the long haul right there. They don't feel like, you know, every kid don't go and read a book for 20 minutes. They give their kids a cell phone to play video games on them. You know, how many kids, you know, you got games on your phone, you got games on your phone because that's what the kids know. That's what they identify with is playing games on phones. And when they get like how many times you get your phone back from a kid and it has um, 20 different games on it. Why? Because every time they got to a difficult spot, they went to another game and they're doing it on the cell phone. So they're going to do it in life. That's the same thing. The practices don't change. The item changes, but the practice doesn't change. So the issue becomes. If you don't teach them to see it through, and I go get into the poem, but if you don't teach them to see it through, you're going to continue to deal with um, the issues that we are all dealing with on every level, because it only gets worse as you get more old, uh, as you get older and get more entitled to your opinions and your feelings. So that's where I see it. All right. Uh, Maya, you ready for us? Yes, sure. Okay. Um, so I think the overwhelming um, thought is, yes, it does start at home. But to add to that, which I've done a phenomenal job of being able to hit on those points. Um, but I think in an environment as a whole, the world as a whole, the lack or the undervalue of the arts in general, um, the lack of appreciation for the arts, for music, I think also has a hand in it as well. Um, sure, if we say the parents aren't willing to invest where we, they're pulling, you know, pulling their kids out of this situation or not wanting to invest in their talent or develop talent, that's definitely a thing as well. But a lot of what these kids are seeing and what they're attracted to is they don't have to do much to get what or where they want to be. We're living in an influencer age. We're living in a, a STEM age where at this point, kids are not even considering going to college because they're like, I can make money and I can live well off and be able to support my family without even having to do too much. I can create an app. I can get on YouTube and uh, uh, review some toys and, and, and make general, generational wealth for my family. So I think that that's the thing about it, too. The lack of instruction or the lack of exposure to the arts. We were just saying that, I mean, shit. In first grade, I had my recorder and I was hitting across the head with the three blind mice, you know what I'm saying? But then when did I have my next music class in school? And I think that that's only gotten worse unless you are someone that grows up in a household where 
you have a music educator, you have someone that was in this band, jazz band, whomever, a connoisseur of music. If you don't really have that, then there you can't. Uh, we can't really place place that on those kids when they don't really. They only know what you're introduced to in so many facets, right? So sure, you can have a development or an eye or an ear for 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 music, and it can either be developed or or pushed aside. Of course, that is part of the conversation as well. But I mean, all in all, there are so many things that goes into it. And we say, why don't we blame the parents? Because you can't. I mean, like, sure, we can have the conversation over and over again. But if you go to the parent teacher conference and be like, well, you know, to hell with you. You ain't doing this to your kids. Okay, okay, fine. And then what? And they come bring a lawsuit on you and then you the one that's in trouble. That's why. I mean, we can't, <laughs> in this day and age, you can't really open your mouth um, openly about that. So that's why we don't. I mean, I, I I knew that, but you know, I just wanted to see where y'all responses was. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, here here was my question for you, Rick. Um, you say that you say there are great bands across the country a lot, which I you know me, bro. I don't ever deny that, right? My question is, so because there are great bands, do we disregard disregard the, those who are going through struggles? No, but I think that that's the only thing we ever talk about. There are a lot of black bands and black communities that are doing amazing right now. We always bring up minor high school. Mario talked about Whitehaven. We can talk about Southwest DeKalb. There are a lot of bands in this country, but it seems like our focus is always on music is so bad for black people. It's not. And I, I wanted to bring a different dimension to that. And I know that's not what you're saying. So I don't want you to, you know, get upset because I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just trying to highlight. I'm just trying to highlight that they're the same way there are a number of bands that are struggling right now. There are a lot of bands that we um, that we teach that are doing amazing. And I think it's important to highlight those band directors who are doing their job at a high level. That's that's the only reason why I brought that up. OK. All right. I was just, I was just curious on your yeah. thoughts on it. All right. If you're just joining us, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music education band culture hbcu band culture and more all right as soon as you come in here if you haven't done it already please make sure that you smash that like button smash that like button go ahead and get those likes up we want to get those likes up whether you like the content or not go ahead and get the likes up all right it doesn't take that long i always got to say this it don't take that long to click a like button so just go ahead and make it happen all right also please make sure that you go over to the youtube page if you're not on youtube page go over to the youtube page and subscribe to the network Spend time doing it right now. That don't take nothing but about 20 seconds. You just go over there, type the YouTube in, type in Real Talk That Talk, and the page should come up. The page should say Passion Is. You click on that. There you go. You subscribe. All right? And also turn on those notifications because we're going to be uploading a lot more content. All right. Here we go. So I don't know if y'all noticed, but I started with the teachers then I went to the students, then the parents. And all of this to ask one question. Are marching bands losing its luster? Are marching bands losing its luster? Can I go first? Sure. No. <laughs> Hell no. I think there's a bigger divide now between a lot of these bad bands that we see 
and these amazing programs that are marching band is that to me is at the height of its development used to be that you were you were in a military style band you marched in simple drill formations up and down the field playing john philip susan all these things now you go to a high school marching band show let's talk about boa these people got props on the field. It, it's more theatrical than it is. It is traditional to what we're used to. And it's amazing. You know, I talked about it last uh, show. High schools playing uh, Hindemith Symphony and B-flat on the field. Incredible. And playing at a high level with show design, drill aspects, uh, general effect. No, I don't think that marching band is losing its luster. I think that a lot of programs haven't evolved. So to them, yeah, if, the, if I was doing the same thing over and over again, I wouldn't want to do that over and over and over again. But I think it's important to expose people to the fact that there's a lot of exciting things happening in the marching arts. And I think that a lot of people don't see them because they're they're hard to find or they haven't been too exposed to them by a band director. You know what I'm saying? Like we always bring up drum corps on the show. Drum corps evolved. You look at a drum corps video, like we said, from the 70s to now, it doesn't, you wouldn't even be able to tell it's the same activity. But some of our programs, you can. They look exactly the same. They haven't evolved. They haven't changed. So when you do the same thing over again, you I would expect people to get bored. So I say all that, man, like, no. Marching Band has not lost its luster. It's still just as fun as it was when we all started doing it. It's just like Maya said when she spoke uh, a couple of segments ago. It's on the, the director to do something that's exciting and that kids want to actually participate in. And Julian, I am about talking about the conversation you and I had. If your teacher's not willing to explore different genres of music and different ways of doing what we do, then that's on you that your teach your students aren't uh, excited about what you do. Shoot, if my teacher came to me and said we were doing a tribe called Quest show, I'd be man, I'd be so hyped. But that's because I like Child Called Quest. And then doing it in a manner that's exciting, musically education. It, a prime example was at Blue Coats. I know when people saw that we were going to do the Beatles, they were like, oh, Lord, man, I don't know about this. And it turned out to be one of the best shows we ever did. So, you know, no, Marching Band has not lost its luster. But I think that it's, it's show bands in particular, because we're doing the same thing over and over with this stupid dance routine at the end, you know, the same format, the same music, the same shows. If I heard uh, Can't Let Go on the field one more time, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go completely. All right. Shots fired. Shots fired. All right. So, yeah, man. No. Marching bands have not lost their luster. No. All right. Um, Juan, are marching bands losing its luster? Uh, no, I don't think marching bands have lost its luster, but well-rounded bands have. Uh, and I say that because I remember, so I remember a time and I started, uh, participating in band, like the early two thousands. Right. Um, and you would get so much in my opinion around that time. Like you will go from a gospel show. I mean, a gospel song to a rap song to an old school jam to, a, you know, you, you didn't know what you what to expect, honestly, around that time. I think now and honestly, if you look at the evolution of summer bands, 
like it's kind of like what summer band started doing that the traditional show style started following as well and what i mean by that is i remember one point to be in a summer band like you really had to try out do different things like that and you really was doing drill shows right you really was learning you know aspects of drilling now we just park and play and i think that same concept concept has trickled over to the uh to the hbcu world where it's like we said earlier in the show uh is the is the field show important to us anymore and so i think once you take that aspect of pageantry out of it and all you want to do is like y'all and y'all words play rap daddies all day i'm not going to be excited about it either because half the songs not not because i'm old i don't know but most of them sound the same and then so there's no variety in the stands it's the same shows on the field so from that aspect yeah it's 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 lost its luster however i think we've lost that concept of being well-rounded that's what we've lost and i think honestly it's gonna take like you say the changing of those directors of bands to bring a new aspect and a new light to it. Every song that come out today, triple it, 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 triple 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 it, triple it. I'm like, and that's a hit, bro. That's a hit right there. Chocolate. Oh, you got to put let triple triple it, let triple triple it. You know what I'm saying? But 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 those those are the things, honestly, that you know have his issues and kind of like piggybacking from the from the last topic um for every and this is unfortunate for every great band that rick was mentioning unfortunately what's exposed is those four or five bad bands and those bands are the ones that have the views and then you and then a lot of kids are influenced and thinking this is good band because like we talk about it to be quote unquote a good band, you gotta be loud. You know, like you said, what's what was the term you use? I I guess you're whack if you have a good tone quality. Yeah. Uh, we, like that's what I'm saying. So it's like we have a thwarted sense of what's good. So what we think is great, the people on this panel, people will be like, "What well, they whack?" Like I saw a post about FAMU that that literally said they were throwing shade. They said. What are some things you rather do than watch fam you play? And one of them said, watch paint dry. I mean, I laughed, but fam is a great band, bro. Like this person saying, we glorify negativity. That's a prime example. All of that. And that's it's unfortunate. But I, well, I, like I don't but I think in fam's case, though, Quan, and I'm gonna shut up because I want Mario and Maya to go, but I think in fam's case, mm-hmm. I think it's the, from the standpoint that fam doesn't try to be cutting edge anymore. They do the same stuff over and over. I think it's coming from now. I don't think it's a tone quality thing. If I hear Elsa's one more time, it always sounds great, but it's never anything different. They never push the envelope. They never do anything to try to push those kids. And I think that's more so what people are talking about rather than them having a great sound because they, they've had a couple games where they didn't sound fantastic to me. But. Well, that's a different topic, but I, I feel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh chief are marching bands losing its luster i mean so i got two sides of it i don't think they're losing its luster and 
in all actuality, but I'll just be the antithesis just to just to play devil's advocate. But I'll say this. In a time where people are having a hard time getting kids in their band room to play, you have mass bands popping up everywhere around the country. Getting kids to play because they want to, as we said earlier, blow that hole. You know what I mean? They're just trying to crank up. And this is the reality. Just like in, um, there was, there's two different worlds when it comes to like your, you know, Dirty Dozen, Brass Band, Jazz, traditional New Orleans type of sound. And then you had the 1940s bebop jazz people who are in New York and they were doing the intellectual vibes and they was just meeting with the, you know, the whole energy of Harlem and everything. You think about, there was people who looked at that and said, I don't consider that stuff to be the same. There were people looking down on both sides of it. We just got to make sure we look back at history and we're not on the wrong side of it all. And what I mean by that is that there is a category for things. And sometimes that just has to be what it is. I, I remember having this argument about maybe eight, nine years ago in college talking about rap music and saying that, you know, rap music ain't rap music no more. And all this stuff is trash. Da, 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 da. And I remember being on the, on the, on my soapbox, my typical Norfolk state soapbox talking shit about something. But I'm going to tell you what I realized is that um, everything has this category. Rap music became more of our, it took over what Britney Spears and stuff was. It became more of the pop music sensation. And so the marching band feel like when it comes to cranking in the stands, uh, shout out to um, Meet Me on the 50. My man Eddie was just posted uh, a, a question in his on his uh, page in Facebook. And he said something about what do people do? He, and he said the fans have spoken. What do people want to see? Do you want to see a good field show or do you want to see the bands battling the stands? And the overwhelming majority was people who want to see the ba bands battling the stands. They feel like that's where the creative energy is coming from nowadays for a lot of people. They want to hear the new arrangements. They want to hear who plays the loudest. They want to hear that's where the, that's where the focus is for some. Now you have your traditionalists that want to see the field show and all this other stuff. Um, you mentioned fam earlier, Rick. Yeah. Fam was cutting edge at one point. And then after, you know, the, some of their greater band directors kind of left the people behind them. And this is a difficult and I don't mean to be mean, and I say this, this is a difficulty for some programs, getting out of the shadow of the great band directors of the past. And that is really tough. That's really tough because then people get so accustomed to having things be a certain way because that's what they believe is good in their brain. You know what I mean? People who love Bethune, they don't want to see Bethune really do much different because that's Bethune to them. Like, that's what they have grown to understand it to be. So, if you take that away from them and it becomes something else, now it's like, oh, no, that's not good no more. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just like you have people who are in the swack who are used to a certain style of playing. And then we were talking about Alabama State. As soon as you hear them playing with a little bit more tone color and balance, and I was like, oh, they ain't, they ain't blowing that hole. They, they trash. You know what I mean? We're going to put it in a category because it's something that we're not able to uh, digest as well. So what you need to do, yeah, right. But Thune is also boring when it comes to their creativity. But – once upon a time, that wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Once upon a time, that wasn't boring. But when you don't innovate and do things different, like Rick was saying earlier, that's what you get. So marching bands, are they losing their luster for a lack of creativity? Yeah. But if you're talking about going in the stands and playing some creative arrangements and, 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 and blowing that hole up, you're saying, no, not at all. Because people are pay regular people who are not even associated with bands pay for tickets to go see Mississippi Mass uh, marching band. 
or go to see New Orleans All-Star Band or Georgia's All-Star Band. They go see it, not just bandheads, regular people. So if regular people are going to see this, that means there is a all you have. You have to find out, OK, we have people who love the, the band and the stand stuff and there's people who love the field stuff. It is what it is. Categories are being made and there's a line in the sand and we got to find out how we move forward and, you know, figure out what side you're going to be on or or how to blend it together and make it worthwhile. Because the kids who are coming up that's going into these HBCU programs, they some of them don't even want to march. They just want to play. They don't want to do nothing but do a block. They, in drum, they don't want to do marching cadences. They want to block and that's it. Or they want to play loud and that's it. So, like, I, that's part of the issue. So, no, marching band ain't losing its luster. It's changing. Well, then that would that be considered marching band then? If, if, all, if, if all you want to do is walk in, you don't even want to march in. You right, just, right. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's all marching band. So that, but, but, the, um, but, but Mario and Julian, you both are bringing up a different, a different conversation. The marching band-centered music program. If a kid comes to school and they get more money to be just come and blow in the marching band, but they don't have to sit in the one ensemble and contribute at a high level and stuff like that, then yes, your marching band is not, I mean, your band program is not going to flourish. Right. Two band programs are based specifically on what the marching band does. Majority of the funding goes to the marching band at our HBCUs and all that. So that's that's that argument. And that's a whole nother argument altogether. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, Mike, before you go, I know you've been, I know you've been burning. Hey, uh, if you if you're listening to us right now, uh, I put a link in the comments so you can dial in with us if you have any comments about anything that we've talked about. If you want to come chop it up with us, all right. So look in the comments. The link is in the comments. All right, go ahead, Mike. So this is the problem with going last. <laughs> all the good stuff is already said, typically. Mm -hmm. um, so I agree. Um, we've already talked about. Um, I agree. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm how the overall sound, intonation, things of that nature, um, the value of entertainment in the stands versus on the field. We've already all, all talked about that. Now, I'm a little nervous when saying this because it's definitely uh, not sure how it's going to be taken. But I do think that on the subject of change, as bands continue to get more and more, more, and more diverse, we the Blacks, we like things a particular way. And as folks into the band culture, we were talking about, um, I can't think of his name, old boy from Alabama State. As these things become more and more normalized. Justin. Justin. Justin, yes. Um, this year, my own band, for example, PV has one of the most, I mean, it in terms of um, Latinos, um, Mexican-Americans, all of those different um, I can't even think because I'm so nervous, I don't even want to say it but this is what we're here for we, the blacks are, are, are keen to liking things a particular way and I think as we have to adapt and diversify and be able to open up the door for things to look a little bit different, it takes away from some of the spice or it takes away some of the appeal to we the blacks because it's not what we're used to and that's just one less thing on the table that we have for ourselves so i think that potentially some of that is kind of like well you know fat time used to be our thing or 
being a part of an HBCU band used to look a particular way. Now, I'm not saying that I'm opposed. I'm all for integration, diversity, inclusion, all of that. Let me be clear. I'm just saying as a whole, the Blacks don't necessarily think that way. A lot of them don't. We talked about it last week with are we on the verge of men or persons who identify as men um, being entered into um, dance lines and things of that nature. So I think that that is part of the appeal that may be a little bit lost or some that may be like, OK, well, you know, now now they're yucking everybody's yum for lack of a better words of what we were talking about last week. Um, that's just a, a, a devil's advocate thing that I wanted to add in could, could potentially be a thing. I'm not sure, but I don't know. How do y'all feel about that? You can get a letter from Human Resources, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why I don't work for anyone's band program, music program, university, or anything like that. Because, I mean, but that's what we're here to talk about, those uncomfortable conversations. And that's Absolutely. not something that's I haven't exactly. heard perspective. Absolutely and necessary. It could be a thing. It could definitely be a thing. If we don't feel like something is for us, we're not prone to 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 go in on it, right? So at one point, inviting is he invited to the cookout? That was a joke. Now it's kind of like, okay, everything has to be about making others feel comfortable in quote unquote our spaces. Is that something that could make people be a little push have some pushback about the culture? This, I guess, this 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 question for everybody, uh, and it may be kind of off subject from the question, but why we just can't have both, y'all? Like, why why does it have to be a choice? Like, why we can't have great field shows and great tone quality in the stands? You know, why you pushing aggression? You know, a little bit of aggression through the horn. That's in the reason. Like, why? Like, maybe I'm thinking, maybe my faith is too big. I, you know, I, believe no, I don't think your faith is too big. <laughs> I think you're being absolutely reasonable. Absolutely, you are. Yeah, right. you absolutely are. that goes to what we talked about. There are only a particular, there's a minute amount of people who get it. People who get it, like the people on this call, the people in this this comment box, those are people who get it. You only get a couple of those every year, and it's going, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller as the cycle continues on. So, people who get it. Of course, they want to share that same same concept, but every, people you got the naysayers in the in Utah University, you got the naysayers that just want to get on their horn and blow their hoe. The majority of people just want to get on their horn and blow their hoe, and that's just where we are right now. Prime example, I, I don't know if we ever mentioned this school, but I, I gotta shout out this school, uh, Florida Memorial. Uh, like that's a school. Honestly, I've been looking at that school for like two years. Like quiet is kept. Like that, give them numbers. If they had the same numbers as you know, a Texas Southern or Norfolk or, or a Prairie View, they would be one of the best bands in the country, like hands down. And I and I think they're doing some some great things. But like we we're saying, those are the programs that honestly get shunned because, of course, the numbers. But then the tone quality and whatnot. Like that's I think that's the most frustrating thing uh, about it all, man. It's it's. We got to have both. And whenever God allows me the opportunity to be a collegiate band director, like this is in my heart of hearts, I want to have, I want them to say, hey, this is the best well-balanced band on the field and in the stands, period. But I think it's, I, I think to answer your question, Quan, I think it's a lack of vision that holds these groups back. Like if I went into a, like y'all know me, 
You know, I've been a collegiate director since 2012. Any job that I take, whether it's HBCU or um, predominantly white institution, my standard is what it is. And your job, as especially as a music major, is to live up to that standard. So if you're going to accept the marching band money, then it is going to be written into your marching band contract that you will also fully participate in one ensemble. There is no exception. You, as a music major, will put, or if you accept expect, uh, accept my money, you're going to participate in a college ensemble. Like, I think that's the problem. So many marching bands don't start doing one ensemble to the spring. Or don't do so, it at all. Or don't do it at all, right. They got marching, when it's marching season, then it's parade season. And you know what I'm saying? Like, so many groups do that, bro. So I think it's all about the standard that's set from the band. It's always going... That's why oh, I'm going to go back. Here we go, Julie. There's no such thing as bad bands. There's only bad band directors. If you have no vision for your band program, your band program is going to be terrible. But I have a question uh, with that because, yeah. you know, you know, I don't I don't always. Well, I don't totally disagree with you on that. Here's my question, though. Is that lack of vision or lack of experience and exposure to other things than what you are what you have been used to seeing so if you have a director who's only had an undergraduate degree from one place gotten their masters from that same place and never did anything else and then they're teaching somebody's unity university program mm -hmm. to me that is lack of experience and exposure and not no. vision to me, that is bad hiring practices at a university. We have to have standards. There are different levels to music education. Collegiate level is the upper echelon of what we do. So if your university thinks that a person with an undergrad degree is qualified to be a, a college band director, then that's on them. You get what you what you expect or you get what you get. Like, I'm sorry, if I'm a if I'm a doctor, all right, I'm a I, I'm a doc, I'm a heart surgeon. All right. If a hospital hires me and I got D's and I only had, and I've almost flunked out of my residency and then I come in there and kill a couple people that ain't on me. I, well, it is, but it's also on the hospital for giving me that opportunity. A lot of people that sitting in these college man um, positions shouldn't be there at these HBCUs. And all they're doing is creating bad cultures because they don't know. They don't do the research. They aren't lifelong learners. They aren't out here seeing what's on the cutting edge. That's on them. And that's on the university for hiring unqualified people. Like I said, we always want to, we always are critical of our own programs. This is not happening on a wide scale at these larger institutions. Why? Because there's a standard in place. If you can't do the gig the way we need you to do it, time to go. Point blank period. That's why Ohio State every year has the pressure on them that they have. They put all them awesome videos of drill on the internet and people have come to respect it. So their band director can't go out there and do the. If he comes out there and does that Michael Jackson again, guess what people going to do? Oh, I haven't seen that already. I'm good. But yet we get them same step two drills every year. They break that flower drill out every two years. Like, come on, man. Like, that's, that's what we get, fellas, at our program. Hit that step two, daddy. Play some R&B tune facing the end zone so can't nobody hear it. You know, same thing that 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 people did in the 70s. Like, we got to grow. And if we don't expect <laughs> from our program, sorry, you're going to get what you get, which is shitty band programs. Point blank period.
Yep. Some of the same things happening each and every year from programs doing the same drills, doing the same concepts, playing the same music and getting all this love for doing the same thing and repeating the same thing. Nobody is ever challenged to have to 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 push the envelope. Yeah. Every game. <laughs> and then when you do push the envelope, you got the people who pushing back saying, oh, no, you need to go back to what we're comfortable with. We want you to stay in a box forever. Like, Jesus Christ, that's got to stop. Oh, but, Mario, oh, go ahead, Maya. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I was going to say, I mean, that that's a good point. And which I take it to, people have to take into account growing good programs. Yeah, the director is at the head of it, but I don't think it only stops there, right? When you bring in someone who has the expertise or the knowledge, if we quantify that, when you're bringing in someone new, you have to start from the basics, right? So we've talked about it time and time again. Those bad apples are those persons who don't want to transition with the new vision of the program. You got to get rid of those. You got administration, uh, for lack of better words, put my boy on the field right now, right? I want my boy on the field now, right? You got administration that wants things a certain way. I'm giving you all this money. You need to do exactly what I say, but they don't really get the vision. So by the time you get administration on the vision, or excuse me, by the time you get the buy-in from administration and their vision, has your alumni association bought out, right? Do you now not have the support or the monies that are coming in from the outside? Has your overall audience bought out? So there's so many factors and contributing um, contributions rather that go alongside with recreating this vision and pushing that to the next audience because everyone that has a hand, anyone that's a stakeholder, if they're not all rolling on all fours at the same time, which nine times out of 10, they won't be. Now you still are in this, you back in the cycle again, this transition of trying to figure out how do I grow? How do I progress? How do I get my kids in line? How do I get, how do I meet um, administration's needs? How do I, fund my staff program? How do I make sure the kids are well-rounded? How do I make sure the kids are motivated? It's an ongoing thing. So I don't think that, I think that that makes it to where it's not just on the band's man. It's not just on the band directors. It's all stakeholders involved. I, I guess this is my final thought. Uh, I agree with everything you said, uh, Maya, and what everybody's saying, but what I realize is going back to uh, Rick's point, you have to have the vision. You know, write your vision and make it plain. Like at the end of the day, the reality is, and I'm saying this and I'm publicly saying this. I marched under Prophet Edwards from 2006 until his passing. You feel me? When the new administration uh, with Dr. Zachary, Rick, Julian, uh, Hop and everybody, uh, Bailey, when everybody joined the team, Rick taught. I think that was one of the most uncomfortable times. I, I can say for me, Rich, I, I'm not going to speak for nobody else, but for me, because there are several things that took place behind, of course, those whole bar Taylor walls that uh, as a student, you felt like, man, this th these guys are coming to, quote unquote, replace kind of like my my daddy, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? And when things change in that house, you feel like. Bro, like he he moving this around and he doing that. So initially you have a sense of resentment, but that's a young person, right? From a mature person looking at, because I've I seen it with my eyes, the transition and the growth, not just with the numbers, but sound, but a different perspective on the field. The the music educators that graduated under 
that uh that leadership. For example, shout out to Malik Newman, who's at Booker T. Washington in Houston. Great guy. Uh uh Malcolm uh Warden. Like it's just certain people, bro. They just was different. And then they they were doing a damn thing. And what I realized is you gotta be a specific person that's called real talk to transition a band like you said from one director to the next now another one of the issues that we have at hbcus we only want to hire the same people that graduated from the same mm-hmm. university so you're gonna get the same product yep. if you keep doing the same thing you're gonna keep getting the same result the problem or you is, don't want to hire the people from your university either or you feel me you, you know what i'm saying so it's like like when when you truly think about all of that and with what Maya said with those stakeholders at the end of the day, bro, that's why some people just be like, all right, it, it is what it is. I'm going to just bow gracefully and do what you say. Then. You know what I'm saying? But it's 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 such a a, a bigger picture um, of why, honestly, some of these band programs and music departments are literally the same. If your band director didn't take Wind Ensemble uh, uh, series, well, you not because you only can give what you have. But Quan, you brought up an interesting point, bro, and I want to ask you about this because mm-hmm. it's interesting hearing it from your perspective as an alumnus. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you and I have talked, but mm-hmm. when you talked about how it created a level of resentment when Prophet passed away, we came in as the mm-hmm. new administration took over. You know, there wasn't one before us as well, and for us in particular, me and Julian used to talk about this all the time. It it developed a defense mechanism for us as educators because we felt like everybody was against us. So we had this fu mentality. Right. I think a lot of that was created because we did we could have definitely communicated better. You know, I think communication is the part too that we haven't talked about. Marching bands are losing these, its luster because directors don't know how to communicate the vision and communicate to people that aren't musicians like us, don't know how to talk to regular people. And I think that's the United States thing. It always, it's like different categories. You either on my side or you're the other. And I have to hate you or I have to be against you. If um, One thing I will say about um, Southern, that media presence is second to none, man. What that guy, what's his name? Garrett Edgerson, or I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. What he's doing with that band program, Man, I wish I could hire that guy to be in my band program, to be honest. That dude is a f- official, bro. Like, he took – Southern always had a following. But now Southern's getting million views on videos online and stuff like that, bro. Like, ain't no other marching band other than Ohio State getting that type of view. So I think it's a combination of having a vision but also being able to com- effectively communicate that vision to people that aren't music majors as well as, like Maya says, your constituents. And, and I'll, I'll wrap up by saying, at the end of the day, there are a lot. We made a lot of mistakes when we got to PV. You know, we did. You know, I think we did, in some cases, take this holier than thou approach. You know, because we had a vision that we knew was the correct way to do it, and we had so many people against us trying to enforce that that vision. But on the other hand, I am of the train of thought, man. You cannot have a successful boat band program without a uh, effective and 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 uh, supportive alumni base. You just can't, man. Like those people, like say I'm a new band director getting to a school. I don't know the traditions of them bands. 
So if I can't trust anybody because all I see online is, oh, man, you the worst thing I ever seen, even though you don't know me, even though you can't play your instrument better than me or teach me, but I'm the work better than me, but I'm the worst, then I'm going to develop that mechanism that's going to shut that off. And I think, you know, that's for another show, but I think that was a lot of that. I think that happens in so many bands across the country. Get, you know, communication, man. Get your alumni on, on board. All right. Um <clears throat> There were two things that I wanted to say very quickly. Um, and let's see. I want to see if we can kind of make this quick. So, Maya, when when I, when I the question come up, came about as, as far as our marching bands losing its luster, one of the things that I was thinking about while we were having the conversation was from the dancer's perspective, right? Because, like, as I'm looking at dancers and, you know, the culture, especially in the HBCU, HBCU realm, it seems to be more people interested than you know back when i was looking at bands you know from the 80s and 90s would you agree to that or would you disagree with that i agree okay i should have just played the clip then all right so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I was just wondering because um you know it 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 definitely is a lot more girls who are going to these camps and there are a lot more camps that are being had and and so on and so forth. So I think on, I personally just believe from what I can visually see, I'm not a dancer, but um, from that perspective, it just seems as though it's definitely growing in the, on the dancer side of things. Sure. I mean, the resounding notion is that yes, without a doubt, in terms of appreciation, talent, um, the auxiliary or auxiliaries have progressed um, and been given their kudos. Now, what that progression looks like and is it quality versus quantity or what have you, that's a whole different conversation. But to answer your simplistic question, yes, I agree. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I ain't want to get into that aspect, but I know where you were going with that. Um, the other thing I, I was going to uh, briefly say in the conversation that all of you all had is I think too, we also have to look at what's available um, in music to play. Right. Um, one of the things that, and I don't know if anybody else noticed that, um, more bands got more excited when Leave the Door Open came out. Bro, do we have a Russian bot on our, our podcast? I'm about to say, do we got a bot? We got, we got a bot, bro. Yeah, man, we'd have made it, we'd have made it to that point, man. Yeah, survival rate of COVID virus, 99.7. <laughs> Look at that. Okay. Hey, but, bro, uh, we official, cuz. Part two, D two head But no, one of the things that I, I I I was excited about, or one of the things that I noticed, is that when Leave the Door Open came out, like everybody was excited by by that, right? Because you finally got a song that was making the charts that actually had some substance to the music. You know, and everybody was trying to play it. And I think that just the availability of music and, you know, and top tens and all the stuff that we specifically listen to, I think that has that plays a big part. And, you know, what we're doing and what we're doing in the culture, what we're doing as far as the music that we're letting out, what we're doing as far as luster, you know, keeping keeping the entertainment there. Uh, so that, that was just one of the thoughts that I had. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to respond on it, but it is what it is. All right, let's move forward. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, <laughs> if you just tuned in. Um, 
where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music education, band culture, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that you smash that like button. Uh, please smash that like button if you're in here. If, if you if you think about leaving out and going back to going to sleep or whatever, before you go to sleep, smash that like button. Also, if you go over to the YouTube channel, please make sure you subscribe to the network. Uh, we want to please, we want to make sure that as many people get subscribed to the network as possible and turn on notifications because we are going to continuously be uploading bunch of, uh, excuse me, I was about to say bunches, a bunch of content. So you want to make sure that you are um, connected with us on that. Uh, also, I put a link in the comments. Uh, so if you want to call in with us and, and have a conversation about any of the topics that we discussed, you are free to do that. Just please make sure that cameras are on. Uh, and as we're doing that, we want to give you time to do that. So here comes our portion of announcement. So Rick, you want to kick this one off or you want me to go through our normal, normal joints first? Uh, I'm gonna wait till next week, man. Cause okay. yeah, I got to make sure everything's in place. So yeah, we're good. All right. All Let's right. go through our normal way. Got, got oh, you. uh, yeah. I mean, I'll go first though. Support black. Always. I'm oh, about oh not a, not our closings, man. God. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, go oh, for okay. Oh yeah, guys. October 30th. Uh we uh talk that talk is really supporting this event. Uh, Prairie View, Texas, at Prairie View AM University, US Bands and Blue Devils Entertainment will present uh the first uh US bands uh HBCU style um adjudicated event. So it's the same thing you would expect from going to a drum corps show or going to a UIL performance, except for our bands. So you get qualified individuals that know our styles. You don't have to change who you are to do this. And it's going to be a great event. And you can meet me, Quan, Maya, or Julian at the event. We come say hi to us. We'll give you a high five. Mario going to be on camera. We'll Let's put Mario on camera. I told, I told you. Hey, hey, the show hey, from hey. I'm hey, I, hey. I got something in the works, man. Right. I'm gonna let y'all know. Just just hold on. I'm working on right. something. But yeah, if you want to see great bands get um put on great shows and be adjudicated by great individuals in our field, then please come out and plus you're supporting the marching storm because those guys are doing great things and they um you know they support this as well. So uh come out and support. And also know that um, the survival rate of COVID, the COVID virus is 99.7%. 99.7%. Aren't you I got to always make sure every time I shout out my LB with a little love, man. Uh, I I was excited today, man, because I made some, uh, some, some wings, man, some, and uh, some fries. And we put a little bit of that spicy garlic in there and, and a little bit of that lemon pepper man so i'm telling you right now man a little love is is, is a top-notch seasoning man please make sure you go over to a little love uh you can find them on facebook or you can go ahead and type into google a little love seasoning and it will definitely come up uh tell 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 him that his his lb sent him can we talk about how that sticker the picture on that sticker put it back up that don't look nothing like help that look like a 75 year old man named earl <laughs> like that don't look nothing like hell. That looks like that, man. God, Billy Earl, he's a carburetor alternator. Right, he's seventy five dollars. Carburetor alternator. I got this for you. All, all butt <laughs> crack. That cigarette stove. That thing ain't going nowhere, boy. Hey, yes, I'm in that alternator carburetor. We all that boy. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> he remember you from when you was little. <laughs> I saw my man in here earlier. Uh, he was definitely talking in here. I don't know if he's still here, but if he is still here, uh, Bailey, get on camera. Yeah, please. No, hey, Bailey, don't don't pub it. Tell him to get his butt on camera and pub his own mess. Man, hey, man, I, I I can tell him that. Get on camera and pub your own mess, but I'm going to be nice enough to go ahead and at least talk about <laughs> it. And then you can come in and talk about it a little bit more. All right, But I still want to make sure that we are supporting him and he's trying to um, get funds for his music program. And we want to continue to support all music programs. It doesn't matter if you're HBCU band program, NC school band program, or at a fluent neighborhood. We want to support all music, music education, and band programs. All right. So, um, I, like I said, I, like I said last time, I believe this particular um, donation is closed on Facebook, but he did leave his contact information for you to be able to send whatever donations that you possibly can, man. Send what you can. I was excited to see that he posted a picture not too long ago where he did receive a couple of instruments. So, uh, you know, every little bit helps. So do what you can. All right. There we go. Maya, did I wake you up? <laughs> what i've been up this whole time i've been working i don't know if y'all can tell but i've been working while doing this this whole time i am you was working i'm about to tell i'm about to text bail and say come on the show no you ain't got hey, what's up bro what's going on i'm, I'm on the camera Bye. What's going on, man? Man, what's what up, bro? Honorable Mohammed Kwan. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, I've been enjoying the show for the last couple of weeks, man. You know, just took me so long. I'm on. I'm talking, bro. No, baby. This is my son, man. Come, yeah. come. They, they, come. What's oh up? no! I remember when that boy they was been that long, bro. Right. Yeah, yes, where my but... birthday twin at? She in there uh, with her mama. Y'all, look, I told Bailey. I looked him right in his eyes. I was like, your daughter is going to be born on my birthday. Because I think she was due like the 18th or something mm -hmm. like that, right, babe? And mm -hmm. I was like, your daughter is going to be born on my birthday. She surely did girl. wait till your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> she surely Shout out did. To my girl. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. Bailey, Ooh. tell us about your program, bro. So, man, I'm at this charter school in, in Galveston. Um, Ambassador's Preparatory Academy, man. It's... It's crazy. It's, Congrats, it's, bro. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you, man. It, you know, I'm in, I'm enjoying it out there, man. It's, you know, it's a bit slower than what I'm used to, but it's been great, man. Uh, um, kids are excited. I, I teach kindergarten, man. Kindergarten to eighth grade. Every single class comes through my music room, man. And it's it's good to see the excitement in the kids' face, um, cause, man, they just happy to have music a music program. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm still working on um right now the whole school is working on um time signatures. Mm. You know, we, we almost clear as a glass of water. We we still a little muddy in the glass, but it's okay. You know, I, I have to remind my kids that um, you know, this is why I'm here, man. If you don't understand something, say you don't understand. I just cause I have a bunch of uh, lessons planned out, don't move, we don't move on until you get it. No stress. I don't got no stress over my head. Let's let's take our time and learn this thing. You know, um, I don't got no stress from the principal trying to get us to get out there and march up and down or do nothing. So I'm just teaching music. I'm having fun teaching music, and it's good to get away from the drumline stuff for a bit. 
yeah. and just really get back to teaching music to kids who really want to learn music. Cause you know, they just, in that area, man, it's so, it's under, they had nothing, man. When I say nothing, mm-hmm. literally nothing. The keyboards there, you know, I put some batteries in them, but the kids play a five finger exercise and the keyboard start cutting out. My kids so excited, they just turn it back on and go right back at it again. So it's good to see that kind of excitement, you know. So I'm happy to go to work every day. And my little kindergarten girls and, you know, we get into singing Frozen every time they come to class. Jesus. <laughs> but, but you know, they love it. Get them a little bit of do re mi fa so and, and then I can play Frozen for the next 10 minutes for them. Get them back focused and go back to to that. So it's good, man. I, I'm having, like I said, I'm having a lot, a lot of fun. Um, it's good to break away from drumline and just watch it from the outside looking in, get away from some of that stress. Cause man, going to a legacy school and teaching at a legacy school and trying to write and doing all that stuff, man, that's, we'll talk about that. So how, how do people support your band now, man? How do people? So, so I had, um, I had a page up on Facebook to do um, so people can support. But after the hurricane and stuff, I, I, I saw the letter just go down and use what I had to get some. So I was able to get um, two trumpets, a saxophone, two clarinets, and some method books. So I appreciate people for that. I really do. I was able to raise about $620. And that's what I was able to get with it. Use stuff, but, you know, I was appreciative for it nonetheless. So I was able to start um, two guys on trumpet this week, a guy on trombone, uh, two of my keyboard players, they learning uh, clarinet now. So, you know, I've been doing the private lesson thing. So I'm, I'm playing all these instruments to it. And it's fun, man. It's fun getting into all that kind of stuff. It's bringing back a whole lot of stuff that I sat in the barn and watch uh, Rick, Rick and them teach, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting to myself like, Dang, I sound like Rick now. What's, what's going on? <laughs> you know, I have in the last from August to now, man, I have barely, barely taught or touched drum. I have the drum set set up in my office and I haven't been able to, to play or, or teach it. I, I'm teaching two people drum set, but it's not really been my focus. So maybe in the next month or so I can get back to it, back to the drumming thing. But, you know, it's been good, man. And uh, people can look forward on my page. I, I'll probably open it up again once I see, because in Galveston, like I said, a lot of people had um, gotten hit by the storm. I was down there when the storm came down. So I, I didn't want to be insensitive to that. So I, I just let it go away for a little bit. I'll probably go back to it and put it back up. And then with people from New Orleans getting hit, I wanted to be considerate of that. So I just stopped the whole fundraiser thing for a little bit. And plus, I'm not looking for real numbers. I want to really be able to spend time with the kids. So... I'm not trying to fluster myself because it's only me one and it's the whole school. So right now I got a, a very small, small program. I'm not looking to do the marching band thing. Really and truly, man, um, no. just from my experience, I'm not. Trust me. This is a much needed break from the marching band thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to grow musicians who really have an appreciation for the arts and understand um, music. You know, having the conversation with these kids and just making simple connections. Um, like the other day I was talking, I was um, teaching them 4-4 and I was explaining to them that, you know, when people in rock music talk about fellas having bars, it's really coming from 
this what you see in front of you, which is bar or measure lines. It's, it's coming from the groupings of how they say their words, which is actually can be notated in notes. And everybody was just like, poof, 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 poof. I was like, yeah, y'all think that y'all invented something? No, it's <laughs> grounded right here. So a lot of the stuff that you guys talked about tonight, I was just like, we just got to hold the standard firm, man, on both ends. We got to hold our kids to the standard. And just from coming out here, teaching, getting away from the college area, man, I realized that it's a lot of teachers out here that ain't doing nothing, bro. They collecting big checks and they ain't doing big squat. You hear me? Like, they failing these kids, you know. I, I, I really don't blame the kids. You know, parents can be tough, too, and it, it's situational, like Rick said, but Kids want to learn, man, and but they want to learn from people who will build a relationship. You know, my first two weeks in the school, I wasn't teaching music. I was just talking to the kids about the school. What do you like about the school? Why you go here? What's, what's going on in the community? What do you do? And just from that, within that first two weeks, man, um, I, don't, I can't say that I have any behavioral issues in the classroom. Like kids literally ask me when we're going to have our next music class. I got kids signing up. Like, I'm turning down kids right now from signing up for after school band program because I just don't want to take on too much. So, you know, I'm enjoying the show, man, Julian, and you guys. I'm, I'm re- I really am, you know, so, well, man, yeah. You, we know we're going to support you, man, and, and I appreciate your support, bro. Most you know, definitely, man. Always, always. Yeah. All right, bro. I appreciate you. All right, my nina. <laughs> <laughs> You are ready. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all take care. Right, hey, Maya. Okay. Hey. Ellie. Ellie, go cool. Apple white. Hey, Bailey. <laughs> tell him bye. Because he, he over here, he over here like he want to be in the conversation. Come on. Tell him bye. Bye. Bye, man. All right, man. Y'all take care. All right, bro. All right, bro. All right. Have a good night. Yeah, all right. Y'all too. Ellie, Goku, Apple White. She jump on the show. I see a UAPV sign. Jump on. Man. Yeah, clearing that for life. I'm a clearing that player too. That's what's up. Oh man. Dang, this boy getting big. Good lord, we getting old. Yeah, bro. We remember when both of them were born and now. Good lord. Uh anyway. Uh yeah, man. So let's go ahead and, and, and get ready to do that. I don't know if anybody's gonna come on, but if they do, I'll see you when you come on. I'll bring you in. All right, uh, let's go around the room. You already know how we do it. Chief, any final thoughts, anything for the coach? Uh, yeah, man. I just want to shout out all the band directors that's up north, man. Uh, we were talking about a lot of stuff in the culture, things that's going on, man. Inner city band directors up north, we fighting a different fight. I know, you know, I'm not trying to compare bad or, you know, good, bad, worse, whatever, but we fighting a different fight up here, man. And um, just stay encouraged, man, because it's hard. This is a hard thing, but it's so needed because as Quan was saying earlier, man, um, there's so many important qualities that bands that band and music in general in the arts um, bring towards your life. And it's not just to become a professional musician or to go to college and play whatever. It's it's things that, that can help you in your life. Um, so band directors, man, we need you, man. We need you uh, to continue to inspire the youth, to continue to be active in your communities, continue to motivate the kids to uh, participate. Even if it's hard, there's going to be good days and bad days, but we just got to stay at it. Stay after the kids, stay after the administration, continue to advocate for yourself, continue to advocate for what you believe in. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all, that's what I'm doing. Oh, jazz house kids. 
I got a pub jazz house kids, jazz house kids is an organization, jazz um, education organization that is a nonprofit organization that I work for. And that also works in the community. Um, it is a very, very huge jazzhousekids.org. If you go check it out, it is a huge, huge, huge um, organization. And, and actually um, they're going to be donating like a 50 or 60 instruments to my school coming up real soon. So yeah, I'm excited about that. So I can get my middle school band going. Shout out to Jazz House Kids. All right. Um, Quan, what you got? Anything for the culture? Any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, hey, keep supporting your band directors, man. Like, look out for them because we stress too. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of the teachers are experiencing burnout. Um, so, like, support your, your directors. Uh, number two, this is something big. Um, I'm going to be announcing it formally. Uh, within the next few days, but uh, I do. I'm blessed to say that uh, Evan E. Worthen, Early College High School, the school that I'm the band director of, has been invited uh, to Washington D.C. to the National Fourth of July Independence Day Parade in Washington D.C. All praises, you did so. Uh, July 4th, so we got the official, you know, invitation, a little invitation or whatever. And so we're going to be uh, raising funds very, very soon for uh, every student. This is a once in a lifetime trip for them. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, favor, you know, from God. And I thank him. So uh, if you want to uh, are interested in donating, you can contact me at uh, 504-233-8096. That's 504 504- uh, 233-8096, or you can contact me at Quan, uh, K-U-A-N, dot Mitchell at HoustonISD.org. That's Quan, uh, K-U-A-N, dot Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, at HoustonISD.org for uh, any amount that's big, small, corporate sponsors, uh, businesses, anything like that to get these kids the experience of a lifetime. And also shout out to Hampton and Howard because we're going to be visiting them as well. I'm going to meet y'all down there, man. Most definitely, bro. All right. Uh, Rick, any final thoughts? Anything for the culture? If you wouldn't have muted my mic, I could have talked. Well, anyway, uh, (laughs) I just want to say God. (laughs) 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 Ah, Oh, my nerves. Anyway. Uh, that's how people treat you. They call you a friend. Mm, terrible. But uh, I just want to say, I just want to say God is moving, man. Like in all of our lives, you know, it's so, it's so easy to get caught up in the, all the small minutia and all the things that come off as negative. God is moving. Like I got some big announcements coming up myself over the next, you know, week or so. And, you know, it probably come out before I'm able to announce it on the show next week, but I got some real big things happening in my life right now. And God has just opening door after door for me. So I just say, y'all stay, stay encouraged, stay patient and let God move at God's time because what's for you is for you. And, and the blessings, man, that are coming, especially to African-American educators right now, man, like there, you know, we, we are finally being seen and the work that we do is finally being, you know, being considered in this nationwide conversation. And the last thing, as I always say, man, support black, man, support our people, support black business, support black, you know, mental health, 
which is another thing that, you know, is not talked about. You know, we don't all have to be um, considered a punk because we are having a bad day or whatever it is, as it was in the past. We love you and we want to see you uh, be successful, man. So just continue to stay encouraged and support our people. Oh, I bet. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. Muted yourself. That's what you get. Yeah. Hey, happy Father's Day, brother. Like, real talk. We yep. ain't said that. Happy Father's I, Day. I was, I was going to put that out. Oh, there. hell. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Anyway. Uh, hell, Sinfonia, come, brother. Hell, may fall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. My bad. I did it wrong. What's good, Ma? All right. <laughs> What's good, Ma? Where did you even come from? Like, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I agree. Oh God, it just is that her voice saying that? Yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I mean, great show as always. Um, I want to start a new segment. Um, whether obviously I have to start wearing some type of caricature or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but I want to start plugging black businesses. If we say that, Hey, you know, put our money where our mouth is every week. I want to either, either something that I've bought or have been introduced to or something like that. I'd like to be able to bring that to the show. So let me know if that's something that y'all want to, um, hear more about. I mean, number one, I'd like to plug my sister. Um, hey, Isa, my sweet, sweet, hey, Isa. Um, she has a business, a jewelry company. My daughter. I know, the Masha Company. Uh, Masha, M-A-S-H-A, themashacompany.com. She has some dope, dope, dope inventory. Um, I definitely just bought, I don't know how many pairs of whatever from her. I'm waiting on those to arrive, so I'll definitely showcase those. But if you want to definitely um, buy something for your ladies, uh, ladies, buy something for yourselves or whatever the case may be. Definitely check her out. Um, but yes, we will definitely be doing this again. I think, again, as I always say, the conversation is getting more and more um, interesting. We're, we're digging deeper and deeper into the conversations, the need to have, the what we don't know we need to have. There you go. You better have it right there um, on demand. But yeah, I mean, until next time, I agree. Support black business. Go on and get you a hat. <laughs> I agree. We don't sell hats, but okay. <laughs> a lot of people do. You know, get you a hair hat. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> take off the hat. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Lego. <laughs> Mario. That is rude. That was so rude. <laughs> No, you have no respect. I cannot believe you just said Hey, bro. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. No, you good. You good. Oh, um, for everybody out there, I hate them hats. All my students know I see them. Yeah, Lego, Lego attachments. We had we had a strong situation. Going <laughs> That's there. exactly what it looked That's like. Exactly boy. what it looked like. It does not. Yeah. <laughs> my mom do mine had an Afro daddy with the with the with when you the, uh, hat over the hat. Right. <laughs> my hair does not look like the hat. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
real quick before I get to what I got to say, Rick, remember when we used to come, when we used to be coming to PT, and the girls would walk in the room and we'd be like, take your hat off of the building. <laughs> Y'all tried that shit talking about no hats in the band room. Uh, <laughs> hats on hats, hats on hats, hats on hats. That's what Mario got on. <laughs> I'm Take sorry. Off the hat. Oh, God. Okay. Hey, do you uh, remember that uh, music soul town? Saw the hat. Take off the hat. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> we, we, we was like, we was like, yes. Oh, God. All right. Anyway, let me keep going, man. I appreciate everybody who stopped through today. Uh, please. I want to say this. Rick is absolutely right. Everything happens in its own time. There's a lot of things that are happening with this channel right now, man. A lot of business that have been taken care of behind the scenes. Uh, that's that's going to be happening. Things are, are, are taking off. There are a lot of things that are in the works right now. So I just want to pre- uh, say I appreciate everybody who continues to support, who continues to come in every single Wednesday, uh, who checks out my thing on Sunday. Uh, and there are going to be a lot of other things that God, man, he was gulping at. Was that the end of it? Anyway, um, but um, <laughs> everybody who checks my joint out on Sunday, and there are going to be other things that come out, come on throughout the week. So I continuously say, and uh, go over to the YouTube page, <laughs> click the subscribe button, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> take off your hats. <laughs> they ain't got to take theirs off. I ain't taking mine off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm being out of pocket. I'm out of pocket. But uh, but yeah. So just continue to to support, man. Support the network. Support all of our our things that we have going on. Support music education. Um, I don't have anything else. I gotta go ahead and, and close this thing out. Until next time, we appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all later. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.